Welcome, Welcome to the Lost Map Podcast. trail and i am not on the isle of egg gasp (gasps) (coughs) 
<laughs> bit wheezy. I am actually in Edinburgh. I'm actually in the apartment, the flat. It's a flat. It's a flat of my co-host, Laura Doherty. Oh, hello. Hi, welcome to my home, everyone. But mostly to you, Johnny, who is here physically. The rest of you are here in spirit. And as you can tell, I've not timed it, so please uh, excuse the mess. It is actually a bit of a state in here. Yeah. Christmas, <laughs> Christmas tree is still there. The Christmas tree is still there. I've just noticed that. It's a potted one. We don't have a garden and we were looking for a home for it and then just stopped looking. So I'm sorry. It's funny because it has got a home and yet it does look homeless. It looks like a <laughs> it destitute like, It looks like a wet Christmas bandit tree. just sitting in the corner just waiting to ruin my festive time. It's still got quite a few of its needles on well, it. It's still, like, it's still alive. It's, it's potted. I was thinking earlier when I saw it. I possibly have to water it, so... I think you should just put it out of its misery. Just oh. thirst it to death. <laughs> it's February, after all. It's February 1st, and you're listening to The, the Lost Map Podcast. Podcast. We're working on that bit. You just listened to, at the top of the show, the Susan Bear remix of Low Sun Smasher by Kinboat, or as the popular Irish <laughs> disc jockey... Deb Grant uh, pronounces it Kinbote. Kinbote. It sounds like a delicious beverage. Kinbote. Yeah, or like a sort of shampoo. Kinbote. <laughs> we cannot get onto shampoo again on, oh, no. on the podcast. It's my favourite topic. I don't know if you noticed, I did wash my hair before Your coming. Your hair is looking today. amazing. Thank like you when very you much. came in the flat, I was like, do I comment? On how good your hair's looking? No, do you actually mean that it does look amazing? It does. I was going to ask if you'd had it cut. I've not had it cut. No, I just washed it. It's great. <laughs> it had good movement. I saw myself in the mirror though. I don't think it does look great. I just think it looks massive. <laughs> it looks absolutely massive. This look, it's the shampoo cast. <laughs> Shampooed cast. <laughs> now, was it normal or greasy? No, let's not get into this. It was. Do you know what on the bottle that said moist? I was like, yeah, okay, I guess my hair's moist. I did think, I was like, Johnny's looking very moist today. <laughs> Is it meant to be moist? I don't know. <laughs> it's still confusing. I cannot get into this. <sighs> anyway, I hope you enjoyed listening to Kindle Day. Day at the top <laughs> of the show there. That's a track, well, it's a remix of a track, the original of which... Is featuring on his upcoming album, his second album, Sophomore Album. His sophomore LP called hemisphere which is coming out on the 12th of april 2024 the year of our lord turns out every year is the year of the lord he's quite greedy the lord yeah, it's like a chinese zodiac for jesus just <laughs> oh another one. Oh, it's the year of the lord again wow so yeah just in time for easter you can pick up a copy of kinbote's hemisphere i think it's an early easter sorry to oh, early easter I, think, I actually think it's an early easter i think it's the whatever the day is before the first 30th or 31st of march whatever 31st it is. Of march. is it actually i think so oh. easter monday's the first of april would you believe it anyway so little april stool there if you're going to get that for somebody as a easter gift great you'll have it in your Stocking already by that point. Your Easter no, you stocking. wouldn't have it. No, because Easter's before. Oh, yeah. It's maybe confusing, get, isn't it? Maybe a pre-order. Get a little pre-order for for Easter. You can pre-order right now on Compact Disc and accompanying Zine, which contains not only lyrics from the album but apparently essays as well. I've not seen the finished Zine yet. Exclusive. Exclusive. 
but it's going to have some essays written about the album, so it should be interesting. Kinboat, Kinbote, is the alias of Matt Gibb, and Matt is performing tonight. It's the first of February at Leith Depot, supporting Acolyte, and he's also performing on the third of February at Broadcast in Glasgow, supporting Soft Riot. How are you doing, Laura? Big question, Johnny. (laughs) You were noticeable by your absence at last month's podcast. Thanks, I was having a breakdown. (laughs) (laughs) I sensed you were having a breakdown. You were not invited onto the pod. It's good that I didn't have access to a microphone and listeners, but I'm fine now. (laughs) I'm fine. Your hair looks amazing. (laughs) It's very moist. (laughs) Very moist. That's good to have you back. I'll be honest, like, it was quite odd. It's a bit of the wilderness doing the old... I mean, it's always tricky trying to do a podcast at the end of a year in mm. preparation for the 1st of January, in preparation for that Hogmanay hangover. But you did it. I did. I got you through, pulled through. We didn't have too many people cancel their subscription to Postmark Club this past month, so I can't have done too bad a job. That's how I measure the <laughs> podcast, is that if we've had a particularly bad month in terms of people unsubscribing from Postmark Club, then I know it's that... It's the podcast. Yeah, it's fault. definitely not the music, so it is the podcast. It um, is. It's us. Yeah, it's us. And then it was it's not the music people put people off. No, definitely not. But it's good to see you. This is the first time I've seen you since uh, Humbug. 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 What a fun day that was. It was fun. I'm glad we don't. I probably mentioned this in the last month's podcast, but I can't remember if I did or not. I'm glad that it's just in one city. Oh now. yeah, we're too old for that. <laughs> That nonsense, the loadout, the load-in, the... Well, I mean, part of this is a choice to stay up and drink until the wee hours, but is it a choice when you're with friends? It's a necessity, you must. This is it, it's Christmas party, you've got to socialise. Exactly. So, but doing that two nights in a row, one night in Glasgow, one night in Edinburgh was too much, and so, yeah, doing it all in Edinburgh was great. It was so nice to see everyone and lots of old faces. And by old, I mean not just people who've been fans for a while, but people who are actually old <laughs> We're not and getting younger, none of us. Kate must have said about this. We're getting a message of a friend of a friend who was like heavily pregnant and then went into labour after the afternoon show and then had a baby. The baby was like, oh, I've got to check out more Eagle Owl. Yeah. Um, I'll better get out of the womb so I could go down and see if I can still buy a record. And I, I think the answer is you can, baby, whatever your name is. You well, can, actually, can... they were not permitted re-entry. After, <laughs> oh, well, after the baby the... actually had bought a ticket, so... Where's your wristband? Yep. That's a that's a hospital tag. <laughs> that's not a wristband, mate. Get the f*** out of here. What a beautiful story. And that baby yeah. was called Named hum- Jesus. Hum- <laughs> oh, is it called Humbug? Yeah. Oh, I just ruined your guy. Yeah, you Sorry. just ruined it, you? <laughs> Just like you ruined Christmas. <laughs> no, it's not you who ruined Christmas. Thank God. It was God. <laughs> well, is this is it. Back to normal. Back to the same old shit. We've got a much more packed episode of the Lost Map podcast this month because... Not only do we have an interview feature with Savage Mansion in today's episode, we've also got the return of, I'm going to say, our most popular feature, First Gig, Worst Gig. And you'll find out with whom later on. Hmm. Uh, But I can tell you, it is someone who is releasing on Postmap Club this month. Postmap Club? Yes. It's it's weird to doing this in person. (laughs) Don't look at me like that. A a club. What the (laughs) f is Postmap Club, you fing There's a lot of swearing in this one. (laughs) 
Postmap Club, Postmap Club, Postmap Club, it's a very nice club. New us. Here we go. I think we're going to move on from the spiel. I don't know, any fans of the spiel out there? Make yourself known now. Or forever hold your peace. Up until this point, we've been relying, semi-relying on a bit of script, pre-prepared. What? (laughs) (laughs) Vibing every time. But today we're going to reveal to you the merits of Postmap Club whilst improvising. (laughs) Yes, oh and. <laughs> if we keep doing yes, and, we'll just be like giving away. If you join today, you will receive a double CD compilation. Yes, and. Oh, and a bobble hat? No, yes, no. They cost us too much each. Watch us as we slowly bankrupt ourselves through the medium of Postmap Club. But what is Postmap Club? Well, Postmap Club is our membership club in which. You become a member of our club. This is not explaining it very well, is it? Nah, not really. So what do, you, what do we get? What do you get when you become a member? So first of all, you get just like the satisfaction of supporting Lost Map Records and what we do as a label and the fact that you're supporting artists to be able to take some chances on things. So largely speaking, Postmap Club is a place where we can release singles, projects, remixes, do sessions from the artists on the label and some friends as well who mm-hmm. we can do associated releases with. There's been some really interesting things that have come in in the past five years. It's the fifth, the fifth year? This is the, f- yeah, the five f- years. F- 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 the fifth year of Postmap Club. It's amazing. Yeah, it's allowed us to experiment so much as a label having your support as members. We take a small membership fee each month. Sometimes we take a large membership <laughs> fee each month, depending on how generous you feel. And yeah, that all goes in, as Laura says, into creating new music. And sometimes we don't know what's going to come our way. In fact, this month, we'll tell you about it in a wee second, but there was a track that just literally came in at the beginning of January that we're now able to release to you this mm, month. It's a banger. And it is an absolute banger. So yeah, you should join Postmap Club if you want to support what we're doing as a label and if you want to support the artists on the label. And what you get in return is every month you receive a selection of postcards in the post. These are printed postcards with a bit of artwork. And if you turn them over, <laughs> look at the other side, there's a download code which allows you to download the music, which will often come with a remix or a B-side or some other little exclusive thing. So you receive about three of those every month. Yeah, on average. On sometimes average. more, sometimes less. But Indeed. usually about three. Usually, right. We try and aim yeah. for three. And all brand new members get... Well, you get a badge, membership badge. Mm-hmm. You also get a newsletter every month from me. Pictures trail, hi. <laughs> That's him. And there's three tiers of membership as well. Mm. But everyone gets basically the exact same thing. The more your membership, the bigger your badge. Yeah. So it's pretty equitable. It's everyone. a funny one as well. I wonder if the big badge thing puts people off from spending more. If people are like, I don't want a big badge. I don't mm. want like a, one of those people showy. walking around a mask. You don't have to wear the badge. That's yeah, what the moral is, yeah, but you can... do have to give, give us your fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> so brand new members get yeah, a bumper pack of postcards, pack. as well as their badge and newsletter. And then you also get a double CD, 10 Years of Lost Map, which collects together 44 tracks, I think it is. I thought it was 42. Is it 40? I think it's 44, because it's 22 on each CD. Well, I think it is. 
If you're not a member, subscribe and find out and email us and let us know who was right. Was it Johnny or was it Laura? Was it 42 or 44? 44. In fact, just send us an email with 42 <laughs> or 44. We'll know what you mean. Oh, yeah. Email us about anything at yeah. club at lostmap.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you would like to become a member of Postmap Club, and I think we have really explained it sufficiently. I, th- I believe, I think. <laughs> this might be the best one so. yet. I'll be interested to see how many new members we do get this <laughs> This one. Go to lostmap.com forward slash club. In this month's Postmap Club mail out, we've got three postcards for you. The first of which is a postcard from SDF, the London-based electronic collective. It's the work of Oliver, Adam and Lucy. This is the track we were just telling you about. Oliver sent me an email at the beginning of January last month and was like, oh, we've got some new, got some new tracks and they didn't know what to do with them and it felt like this first track deserved its place as a standalone postcard single it's a ten and a half minute banger Mm -hmm. called european bar and we're not going to play all of it you're just going to get a little clip of it just now but if you would like to hear the full thing you should join postmap club join the club here's european bar Going down the path, you said. Going through the wood. Till you see. member of Postmap Club. Have you joined yet? Me? No, uh, sorry. You actually get a complimentary one. Oh, thank you. Belatedly Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you. oh and belatedly Happy Birthday. Thank- it was your birthday oh, last month. Oh, it was last month. Yes. Thank you. Thanks mm. everyone who sent in. Oh, did you get people sending no, presents? I, I didn't, but I thought oh. I'd just say that. <laughs> just to rub it in to make them feel guilty. Yeah. There's always Easter. I'd really like Kimbote. Hold on, Easter. You don't get presents at Easter, though, really, do you? I know you were suggesting that people can get kimbote <laughs> in their Easter stocking, but that is a concept you have just made up. I have made it up. 
Well, I'll tell you what, you can give the gift of Postmap Club all year round oh, by purchasing to see a that, gift subscription. Yes, there's also gift subscriptions available. If you remember and you're enjoying it, don't just keep the joy for yourself. Spread it around. Give it to someone. Yeah, spread it around. <laughs> yeah. We're going to find out now in a return of our regular feature, first gig, worst, worst gig. gig. The very first gig attended by and the very worst gig played by our contestant this month, who is... Rick Redbeard of the band Afterlands, or as I like to call them, Afterlands. <laughs> Rick, previously of the Phantom Band, here recalls the first gig that he ever went to as a punter and the very worst gig he ever played himself. And afterwards, you'll get to hear Afterlands. <laughs> you'll get to hear Afterlands and a brand new track from them which features in Postmap Club. But here's Rick Redbeard with his first gig. Worst, worst gig. <laughs> Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. First gig, worst gig. Hello, this is Rick from Afterlands and also Rick Redbeard and also the Phantom Band. I've been asked to discuss my first gig and my worst gig. So my first gig, the first sort of proper show I went to was back in remember it well, December 1996, when I was but a young, young stripling. And I went with some school friends, drove down to Glasgow to see Sepultura on their uh, roots, bloody roots tour that they did then. And it was in the Barlands and that was my first experience of like a proper rock show. And it was, yeah, it was pretty intense, especially for someone who at that age, I probably weighed about seven stone and the first song started. And it was that, so it was Roots, Bloody Roots, and, and the whole crowd where I was just suddenly moved as sort of one object, all this, these sort of thousands of bodies. And I was just like off my feet getting pushed and pulled all over the Barlands dance floor, the famous Barlands dance floor, completely out of control of any of my positions or where I was. It was pretty unnerving, kind of funny. That was my first encounter with a thing called slam dancing. Now, I don't know if anyone, this makes me sound very old. But it was a thing that was a very, uh, a sort of a 90s craze among rock fans, I guess. <laughs> they would, uh, it's always guys, come on, tops off, bouncing into each other in a circle. There'd be like a circle and two people would just kind of like dance, fight each other, where they'd sort of leap at each other with their bellies exposed and sort of bounce off each other and sort of kind of smiling, but wrestling. It was just really weird. So I kept well out of the way of that. So yeah, that was my first experience of a proper rock show and the Barlands as well. The first of quite a lot of shows I went to over the years. So yeah, that was my first gig. So I should add that Sepultura were amazing. They were great. It was a really good show. If you like that kind of thing, which at the time I did and sometimes still do. Less amazing as a show was my worst gig, which I've unfortunately been asked to remember to you. So this was with the Phantom Band. We played a show in London at a place called The Old Blue Last, and it had been great. We'd had a really good response on one of these nights where you feel really like the band are, are kind of progressing and you finish the show and you're like, oh, we're, we're actually not a bad band. This is, this is cool. And the promoters were really happy with it and they wanted to get us back down really soon. So we quite quickly booked another show down in London. I think it was maybe like six months after or something. So we came back down to London, like, looking forward to the show. We're like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, really excited about it, full of beans. And it was just a disaster from start to finish. Like, we couldn't get in the venue for some reason. 
And we sat down in the bar drinking just pints of Guinness. And that's not a good idea, especially if you're me. And so when we eventually did get in to do the show, our guitarist Duncan couldn't make the sound check. He had something on. So we were all a wee bit edgy, a wee bit kind of like, oh God, didn't really know how it was going to go. And you could feel the beans rapidly deteriorating. And yeah, when it eventually came to playing the show, like we started and the first song was always this one that I did this kind of shouty vocal on. And I think it was like the second line I sang, my voice just totally blew out. Thanks, I have no doubt, to all of the fucking pints of Guinness I drank. So I had a vocal blowout straight away and was standing there on stage like a fucking idiot, not being able to sing, looking over at Jerry, our bassist, kind of saying, Jerry, you know, you need to like help me sing here. You need to like do some singing. And then Jerry responded by like inexplicably breaking a bass string. Like who breaks a bass string? Like when does that even happen? So he broke a bass string on like the first or second song and then had to change his strings. And because he hardly ever changed his strings, I think it took him fucking ages. Then... The next thing, I think it was like song three, Greg's pedals all broke. Greg R, the guitarist, all his pedals broke. And the whole thing was like a disaster. Duncan at one point was up in a window. And I think that the bouncers called him down from the window because they were worried he was going to fall out the window or something. The whole thing was just a fucking total disaster. And yeah, we came down full of beans and, and got all our beans taken away. Which in itself, to be honest, was also kind of formative and probably a positive experience because you kind of learn from these things. I don't think we ever played as bad a show again. We came very close on a several occasions <laughs> over the years, but I don't think we ever played quite as bad a show as that. So that is undoubtedly my worst gig. So yeah, there we are. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. Outside, keep into the dark road, never going out, never coming home, like a car moving without headlights on. Or a singer silent sighing through a song I was driving, I was driving And then suddenly I was running Running in the darkness Following a feather Never wanna let the light go Never wanna let it go out I only want the light to turn away Let's go, let's go Let's go, let's go Running in the dark
That was Geese Flying in Broken Patterns, which is the brand new single from Afterlands, uh, Afterlands. And that is out now as part of Post Map Club. That track is also featuring on their debut album, We Are the Animals in the Night, which is coming out on LP and CD and is available to purchase on LP and CD, both individually and as a bundle, a bundle. And you can pre-order that as of tomorrow, the 2nd of February, from our web shop or from our band camp. Yeah, either or. One thing I didn't mention earlier on is if you're a member of Post Map Club, Club. then you get 15% off any purchase of CDs or vinyl or merchandise from our web shop and 10% off anything in our band camp. And tomorrow is Band Camp Friday. Glorious day in the music fans world where your artists get a wee bit more bang for your buck because all the fees aren't there. You, you know what? You're listening to the Lost Map podcast. You know what Bang Camp Day is. Let's not mess around. And it's tomorrow. Don't f about. <laughs> get onto lostmap.bandcamp.com tomorrow and pre order a copy of We Are the Animals in the Night by Afterlands. Thank you to Rick Redbeard there for his first gig, worst gig. I do like that feature. I have to say when sometimes you hear worst gig stories that really hit home more than that. Yeah. (laughs) And London gigs are stressful enough. I had a run of London gigs over a number of years where just certain things, like the guitar strings would break and things would go wrong. And yeah, just hearing that Phantom Band story there from Rick. You're in London. Yeah. (laughs) It's all gone wrong. (laughs) No, sorry. I love London. We love London. I played in London yesterday. Oh. 31st of January. How did it go? I don't know. <laughs> can't, can't remember. <laughs> okay, so onwards now to our third and final postcard in this month's Postmap Club mailbag is by Savage Mansion, and it's a track called The Shakes. And that track, The Shakes, is <laughs> the title track of their album. The Shakes. The Shakes. And I've got a bit of the shakes just now, just having had a strong cup of tea followed by a 5.4% lager beer. Oh, I didn't realise it was a 5.4. Yeah, it's quite, it's a, what is it, a hazy pale ale. It's doing the trick. I'm enjoying drinking on the podcast. Maybe this is something we should do more often. Do you enjoy us drinking on the podcast? Email us. Are you hearing this or did Joe edit it out? (laughs) (laughs) Find out on February 1st when we all listen back together to... So, yes, The Shakes by Savage Mansion are good pals, led by Craig Angus, who have released three albums on Lost Map so far. This is their fourth album now. Prolific guy. Also a January birthday. Happy birthday, Craig, for last month. Happy birthday, Craig. He's currently tour managing Alabaster de Plume around Europe. I don't know when when Gus's birthday is, but happy birthday, Gus, for whenever it was. When do you think his birthday is? I bet he's got an interesting birthday. I bet it's like, it could be a Christmas, you know. I bet you it's like the same as sort of like a, a trade union leader. Like, I bet they will be like, oh, I've got the same birthday as Jimmy Reed or something like that. <laughs> yeah, or Jimmy Cranky. <laughs> Jimmy Cranky, the other... Trade unionist leader. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Craig Angus... Uh, and Gus. No, sorry. And Craig and Gus and Gus are on tour just now. But Craig Angus is the lead singer and songwriter with Savage Mansion and their brand new album, The Shakes, is out this month on the 16th of February. We'll tell you 
more about upcoming live shows that they've got after you listen to this interview where Craig and guitarist Andrew McPherson go into the history of the band and they talk about specific tracks from the album. They did tell me that they had taken a quantity of some special substance before conducting this interview so enjoy the music if nothing else there goes my heaven there goes my crypto love the sky about to rain washed out washed out there goes my control as a slip inside the new identity program singing How's this for resolution? In the youth that was, in the youth that was, surprise follows surprise. In the youth that was, in the youth that was. Hi, I'm Craig from Savage Mansion, and I'm with Andrew from Savage Mansion. Hello, hello, hello. We are both dog sitting today. That's what we're doing. We're actually taking a week at the start of January to work on some material for a new project, which is nice. Nice way to start the year. And today we've been out with the dog on what was a, a dry, frosty day. Lovely, a lovely wee dry, frosty day. A dry, frosty day. Last night we had some tacos and had a wee lion this morning. So uh, all in all, everything's good today. Thanks for asking. Hope you're having a lovely day as well, wherever you are. In the youth that was, in the youth that was, surprise Another Savage Ranching album, album number four. Yet to achieve any album to album consistency with the lineup. So, another new lineup for this record, which is called The Shakes. We have brought in Adam Forbes, who is playing the keys for us, which is brilliant. Never really played the keyboards before. Stevie Blunder. Stevie Blunder. <laughs> We've been calling him Stevie Blunder. We've been calling him Big Strong Adam uh, as well. Because uh, Adam actually, he's a, he's a great guy. He's a very close friend of mine and has become a close friend of everyone in the band, I would say. I hope. Uh, I know, yeah, no, fantastic, nice lad, <laughs> a positive influence. But we've been calling him Big Strong Adam. He came in and helped us out with uh, the We Were Promised Jetpacks tour we did in September 2022. My God, that was a while ago. A pretty short notice and was amazing. But uh, on the last night in Brighton, he uh, he loaded my guitar case out with a guitar in it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we were walking about fucking, where's my guitar? But it was because Big Strong Adam had taken the empty case. BSA. BSA. Uh, BSA, Stevie Blunder. What have we been up to since Golden Mountain? Well, we did a couple of tours in support of that record week. We went around the UK with you, picked the show in the spring of 2022, and we did another run with We Were Promised Jetpacks, and we had some headline shows and so forth amongst that. So we, we kind of did a lot of that. We actually had plans to record the shakes quite soon after that but we didn't we decided to wait like almost a year to do it and push that back with Julie McLaren who we'll, t- we'll talk to you about shortly we pushed that back so we could write the songs a bit more both me writing more songs and, and us kind of shaping the existing ideas a lot more than we previously done and I'm really glad we did that I think we ended up with a much better record because of it and I think it's by far the most sonically interesting thing we've done. Yeah, definitely. Because of that. So it was nice just to take the time to do that. And really, what we've done in 2023 
the year we just had is we didn't do anything. We kind of did some other bands. We, Andrew and I had been playing in a band called Former Champ, a kind of more straight up rock band. I love Thin Lizzy and the replacements come and do there a bit more. And uh, we were doing some shows with Marta Fionn as well as part of her live band. But no, we didn't do much Savage Ranch and stuff. And I guess we're just nice to have a quiet year, the first kind of quiet year we really had as a band. Because even during COVID, we, we kind of wrote and recorded the last album, Golden Mountain, Here I Come, really almost intensely throughout that year. So this has been a nice year off and we're looking forward to putting this one out and playing the songs. Feeling like Marvin Keller with my sunbathing tapes looking out I watch the morning birds that try to wrestle with the current style the album in November 2022 with Julia McLarnan at her studio Analog Catalogue in County Down. Lewis and I had just been out recording The Ringer with Martha Fionn out there. So I ended up spending like a month there in the last quarter of the year. It was an amazing place, just a big, lovely analog studio, no computers involved at all, quite old-fashioned really, making dinner for each other every night. But it was a great way to work recording live. I think it really worked for us. Yeah, no, it was great. We just, um, the majority of it's just the live takes. I don't think I did any guitar overdubs, I think it's all the live one. I think Craig maybe did like, laid acoustic guitar on one song and maybe did a couple of solos over stuff we did. But it's, it's pretty live and it was kind of fun doing it in that quite garagey way, but trying to also do songs that had complex elements whether that be kind of texturally or plain wise not was fun all good and I should I should say like taking the time over it to make the songs more complex kind of came from Andrew really it was like really something that he drove in a big way he's always kind of driven but particularly this time I picked it up and really brought that new focus to it which was great Julie was amazing to work with too we're big fans we got on very well yeah, she was class I think she was recording quite quickly and Directly, in a way, is something that she really enjoys doing, and she's very, very good at quickly focusing on how things have to sound. So, after like maybe half a run through of it, she's got it sounding as you'd want it. So it's like kind of ideal, perfect person to do that kind of thing with. I think. Yeah, it was great. It was it was a very efficient working environment. Like, and uh, someone whose instincts I totally trusted from the word go, and was like ready to kind of give myself to in that regard. And I think having just done that record with. Martha Fionn as well there was a few times making that record where like I'd have played a guitar solo a little bit different from how I meant to play it and I was calling it a mistake and she would be like insisting it wasn't a mistake to the point where I was like about to tear my hair out and she'd be like well I'll tell you what go and have a cup of tea and if you come back in half an hour and you like still think it's a mistake then we'll get rid of it and always like I'd come back and be like no this sounds fine this is like how it should be and kind of embracing that sort of Chance element. Chance element that yeah, you don't totally. often get uh, these days. And we've always kind of been keen to embrace that and I've always recorded more or less like as a live band, but we really went for it in that way this time. Well, that's how it was different really, I suppose. It was like that was the thing we were going to do and that's how we approached it. We went away and we like rehearsed everything for a long time and we refined things along the way and refined the arrangements in the rehearsal room so that it was all good to just go 
and so there was no overdubs, as Andrew said. Yeah, totally. I think working with tape, the benefit that I find isn't really sonic at all, which is maybe because I'm not engineering it, you're not worrying about how things are compressing or driving and things like that, but just the way it forces you to kind of work more quickly in a way and make quick decisions and keep things simple to some respects, it's the thing that I think is really useful to persist we were playing this one live on the we were promised jetpacks run i remember playing it in london and romeo taylor had come along to see us and we sound checked that song and he remember we came off and he was like god you are actually a funk man <laughs> <laughs> uh, being honest i was really happy with the way this one turned out i think originally i'd imagined i kind of like sliding the family stone records and stuff like that I was imagined quite a, a tight early 70s drum sound the live room at julie's is quite big and obviously you can block stuff off or use room mics but this one ended up with quite a roomy drum sound and I actually really really like how it's ended up despite being different than I'd imagined going in yeah. I think this is a military snare one as well isn't it? Ah yeah maybe Yeah, I know it was fun I'm doing that kind of thing Seems history's to blame In a tangle of wine breath I'm dead Worse than dead Present tense. Really pleased with the sort of groove that Jamie and Lewis were able to get on this one because it was when Craig first brought it to me to play. It was quite a kind of folky type tune, which obviously it's still got, but it was nice to have Jamie and Lewis just kind of playing against that type of thing. Michael, don't think about it. smashing me song and all <laughs> <laughs> this is another favourite of mine I reworked the lyrics a lot it went through a few different phases of of that and like one of the songs that probably benefited most from uh, the extra time we spent on the record I think it would probably have not made the cut potentially without that time to breathe and it kind of changed a lot around the time that I brought it to Andrew because he played me an old was it Ennio Morricone you yeah can, it's yeah. like an Italian kind of psych record I don't really know why I recorded it I don't think it was for a soundtrack but I think it might even be late 60s so it's sort of 
feels slightly ahead of the curve in the way it sounds, but it's big, kind of heavy, tight sounding drums with a sort of strong groove, but like this kind of Ennio Morricone doing mad sort of electric miles, Davis periods, sort of trumpet stuff. But yeah, no, it was just the idea of taking this slower, acoustic, almost kind of bluesy thing that Craig had and try to make it wilder and have a bigger beat, like like this song, you know, just bring it in line with other stuff. But yeah, no, happy, really happy with it turned out. Stevie Blunder plays a little keyboard solo. <laughs> He certainly does, yeah. Jamie's bass is great, Lucy's drums smashing, fantastic. Here it comes again, will I ever be free of it? Another part is shot to the gods, a tainted love. Ah, 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 love after it's done, love after it's done. This is the dance, This is a song that I first did during the COVID lockdown on Instagram Live as part of like a new material night that I'd written two new songs for and two short stories for as well and performed these on Instagram Live, which I hope I never have to do ever again. It was originally called Dry Mezcal Mouth. It was more like the Flying Burrito Brothers than New Order or LCD Sound System. And listening back to it, when the shakes was taking shape and the vibe was becoming clear, I did think there was something in the chorus that could work. So we reworked it around that sort of more insistent danceable beat and it became the song quite quickly. The only real change that happened was the lyrics for the verses were rewritten in Ireland. I did them in the vocal booth on the first day and I just, something didn't sit right, it didn't feel good. And I decided to take the night to work on it and I sort of rewrote the verses to refer to, I mean the verses now refer to like the films of Arnold Schwarzenegger and John Carpenter's The Thing and Paul Verhoeven's filmography as well. I think it's all quite deliberate. This is a song about someone who's fucked up and is sitting on their couch meditating on that. And they're sitting on their couch watching Terminator 2. There's something hiding under the ice Imitation of a sound There's something standing behind the door would you like to know more? Free from delusion Taken from the memory tapes But now the answer to your problems I'll know I've known sad, I've known sad But I've never known it sad I've never known it sad, so I like it And in my bones, on in my sub-pixelated skin I've never known it sad, so I like it Something hiding under the ice Something's trying to last through the sun And something that you shouldn't say Something that shouldn't be done There's third tier on And ringing in the new year alone Why 
The Shakes by Savage Mansion, taken from their album The Shakes. That track's also available as part of our Postmap Club this <laughs> month. It comes with not a bonus track, but a bonus link to a Mixcloud, an exclusive Mixcloud mix that the band have done, which contains tracks that inspired the making of the album The Shakes. It's all very meta. What makes the shakes? What make the shaker? What make the shaker? Find out with Savage Mansion. Interesting pronunciation. <laughs> um, you can get that by subscribing to Postmap Club. How many more times do we have to tell you? Uh, Savage Mansion's brand new album, The Shakes, the Shakes, is out on LP and CD on the 16th of February. And they are going to be going out on the road to mm. to inform you of that. To let you know. So if you are in Edinburgh, you can see them on the 15th at Summer Hall. You don't have to be in Edinburgh. You can just need to have access to it. So, yeah. And the rest applies to all of the dates I'm about to mention as well. You don't have to be there now. But if it's within access, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> so Edinburgh at Summer Hall on the 15th of February. Aberdeen at the Cellar on the 16th. At Glasgow, the Rum Shack on the 17th. That's a, that's a busy couple of days, guys. Yeah, and then a couple of days off. And then down in York on the 22nd of Feb, and then Oxford on the 24th of Feb, and then in Newcastle on the 25th of Feb. Way I. Way I. And who is accompanying them on those dates? So I think you and everyone else will be delighted to find out that our friend Martha Fionn will be supporting for those dates. And they do have a lot of crossover in the band, so it is actually quite handy. Yeah, um, it's a good package deal. Yeah. 
I think that it makes sense logistically and everyone will have a really nice time because you get to see Martha Fionn, Weekler, out Weekler. on tour with Wee Craig. With Wee Craig. I don't know. Big, big, yeah, big Craig. Big Craig. Big Craig. I don't know. Medium sized Craig. Mid Craig. Mid Craig. We Claire. And Mid Craig. Is it offensive to say that? We Claire, like that. We Claire. Well, that's what she's in my phone as. I actually don't know how to spell Claire because I call her We Claire. We're Claire. C L U R. That's how you spell Claire. Well, you can see her at those shows with Savage Mansion. If you are a member of Postmap Club, and I'm saying it again, you also get access to a special portal, the Lost Map Portal, where you can actually watch a live session of Martha Fionn. You, you know, your common person on the street cannot watch that because yeah. they don't have access to the portal. Don't let them look over your shoulder. It's for you only. Yeah, don't give them the password. They should not be looking. The password not... changes every month. Yeah, so don't think you can just get the password and then move on. We'll change the locks, okay? We've changed the locks. You can't just walk out on us, okay? If your subscription is expired, you can't come into the portal. <laughs> And you cannot watch the video featuring Martha Fionn doing a lovely live session ever again unless you resubscribe. Very lovely. You better come back. Um, cool. I think that's really sold the shakes mm-hmm. and Postmap Club. This is now the end of the podcast. Uh, our new, new favourite feature. Our new favourite feature. Recommendations. Recommendations. <laughs> um, we'd like to give you, the listener, a recommendation. One from me. And one from Laura. I'll start. Yeah, please do. My f- recommendation to you, the listener, and to you, Laura. Okay, yeah. Is the brand new season of Fargo. It's no secret that Fargo is my favourite film of all time. I wrote a song about it. It's on an album. It's called Fargon, that track. I just, I love that film so much. And also just all the work of the Coen brothers. I think everything they've done is really great. And the TV series has been a real joy. Every season has a different set of characters and a different sort of scenario and set in a different timeline. But in the same place? Well, roughly. Actually, Ooh. in the fourth season, they moved it to Kansas City. And actually, that season wasn't as critically adored as other well, seasons. okay. Although I do actually like that season. I had Chris Rock and is it Jason Schwartzman? Okay, this is this feels like a stretch. I need to start at the beginning because that seems like a... Unlikely duo. Oh, it is an unlikely duo. Well, they're unlikely actors, and I think that's why it got (laughs) badly reviewed. But the recent series, the most recent series, Series 5, features, what's her name, Juno Temple. Yes. This is uh, Julian Temple's, the director's daughter, which I didn't realise until I looked that up on Wikipedia. (laughs) She's in Ted Lasso. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I've not seen that either. But I think she's a very popular character Mm. in that programme apparently. But she's the main character and she's British. In the new series of Fargo she has this incredible Minnesota accent in it. It is so good. John Hamm's in it. Oh, um, okay. Well, you should have led with that. Like, sold already. John, Dave Foley sold. from Kids in the Hall Whoa. is in it. It's really good. It's okay. really great. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's in it. And yeah, it's really cool. It's actually, of all the series, it's probably the most bleak in places. It's great. pretty dark. But uh, like every single series of that show, there's like a undercurrent of weirdness. There's a slight sort of Twin uh, Peaks-esque okay. feel to it that just feels a little bit otherworldly and a little bit out of place, almost supernatural in places. And yeah, in fact, there's a, one specific character in this new series that, yeah, it's very odd indeed. And yeah, it's just really captivating and really great TV. And I didn't really see it get written about much over the past month. I've not seen many people. I think maybe people are bored. 
of so <laughs> the I'm, concept of Fargo, but it's very good. Do you mind if I give you a recommendation within your recommendation? Please do give me a recommendation. <laughs> so I noticed today when I was texting you about the podcast oh, that yeah. I sent you a link to a podcast and you hadn't responded to that. So anyway, this is very convoluted. A podcast within a podcast. It's like Inception. What podcast <laughs> did you send me? I'm just about to say. So it's called <laughs> They Like to Watch. It's Sarah Barron and her husband, Jeff, whose last name I forgot. But he's like a TV writer and a comedian, mm. and she's a comedian. And they just talk about films. It started off as a Succession podcast called Fire Crotch and Normcore. Oh, right. Which if you've watched Succession, which I don't I'm think you have, it's great. You should watch it. That's another recommendation. Okay. And so it started off as that. And it's just like really, and just like really obsessive. But really, because they're both writers, it's really intrigued with the production and inspiration behind things and they were talking about it and being like it's great it's really oh what they were great. talking about the new series yeah which is ah. why I, I sent you the, the link to it so I, I heard it on that and it's on my list and ah. I haven't watched any of it but also the other thing there's another one is it True Detective or something or oh yeah where well, you don't some... have to be aware of the previous yeah. series yeah this is what it's like with Fargo you could start with any season yeah I, I would recommend them all I think they are all really good but yeah, yeah you could dive straight into season 5 yeah I might start at the start because you know I want to. Uh, yeah, start at the start and compare Martin Freeman's oh, Minnesota accent uh-huh. with Juno Temple's, which okay. is. I don't know which one I prefer. And I think if anyone preferred his, then they're wrong. So, yeah, that's my recommendation. It's really great television. It's very captivating, really good writing, quite harrowing. And there's a lot of brutal stuff that happens in it. Not in a sort of overly gruesomely graphic way, but just in a quite upsetting way. Great. So if you want to be upset, you should watch it. That's that's me me to a T. Thank you. I'll get on that. Enjoy. Even though you've given me some recommendations within my recommendation. What is your own personal recommendation is this month? You know that way where you feel like you're having a bit of a slow month? Like I've been busy quite a lot. Like it's been a full on time. Mm. I don't feel like I've actually like consumed much culture. But I did finish a book. Which is good. And then in reading that, I felt like I'd been through a journey of like film. Uh, anyway, I'll get to the point. It's called Brian by Jeremy Cooper. Mm. And it is a novel about a guy who lives in London. And basically at some point in his, I don't know, like 30s or something, he just decides that he wants to watch a film every night. He wants to go to the BFI and watch a film every night and just get really into film. He has like a, a traumatic past. That he doesn't really go into much detail about, but it seems like maybe grew up in an abusive household or something like that. You kind of get a little glimpse of it, and he struggles to form human connections with people, but he gets really into film. And so in some ways it's really beautiful, because it's like a, a love letter to the city of London, mm. and maybe just at sort of the cusp of when a time he kind of getting in and renting a place when it was slightly affordable, and just like the art and culture that was available to someone at that time, and it just, it's... When is it set? It's really nice. It's, it, I mean, it's just like sort of like if you were looking, like maybe he's like a Gen X or Boomer Gen X or something like that. So maybe he's like retirement age now sort of thing. Mm. But, you know, he's able to have a pension and retire. So it is kind of like nowish. So just say it's like in the 80s and 90s, it starts going from then of him just going out and watching films every night. And it's so good. We go into depth and the author must have just spent so much time just like watching films and just writing from the perspective of this like lonely guy who has these sort of little snippets of like possibilities of relationships but then just like he's too scared to do anything and it's 
What real relationships are ones that he's living vicariously through the films? Real ones oh, that right, he okay. sort of, but yeah, he, he kind of he's able to experience certain emotions and love and stuff only through narrative on film, and so it spoke about really beautifully. But then it's, there's this sadness about it because he's just like so distant. You know, there's people that are there where there's opportunities for him to have a meaningful connection, and he just can't do it and just can't get any closer to that person. And it's just really, it's just quite heartbreaking. But it's these beautiful. are two big heartbreaking <laughs> recommendations. For you should definitely read it. But In my time for Valentine's. <laughs> my letterboxed watch list is like massive now, and it is it was it was really beautiful. So it's all real films that mm, they're recommending. Yeah. Any spoilers? Do they spoil the films? Because. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not like, gonna, maybe you read the book and you're like, oh, I'm not going to watch that now. It turns out it. he was dead all along. <laughs> so that's dead inside. <laughs> no, Brian um, by Jeremy Cooper. That is indeed. It was good. It was a recommendation from our friend Gail, who's nice. very well read. And at the end of last year, I was like, if Gail likes it, I like it, and put it on my to read list. And for various other reasons that I won't go into in the podcast, when I read it, it really hit home for me, mm. and it was quite sad. It was just it was really beautiful. I'm going to check it out. It is really nice. And it's quite short. Is Jeremy Cooper related to Jilly? <laughs> it is very sexy. <laughs> it's a raunchy <laughs> page turner <laughs> involving a stallion and uh, films. I won't spoil the end of it, but yeah. But the, he dies. The, the, end, <laughs> <laughs> the end is heartbreak. It is heartbreak. I did cry at the end. Oh. But, you know, it's it's nice. It's nice. I would recommend my other recommendation, which oh, we yeah. both recommend. Oh, yeah, this is a joint recommendation. Joint recommendation. It is. The Traitors. Traitors. Who isn't watching The Traitors? It'll be finished by now. Yeah, it will be. But if you've not watched it, get involved. Watch it. I know everyone's talking about it. If you've not watched it, you're probably sick of people hearing people talking about mm. the, the Traitors. Oh, it can't be that good. It is that good. It is that good. It's okay. like, it's Shakespeare, basically. It's modern Shakespeare. Like, the twists, yeah, except, the turns. Except not boring. Shakespeare's <laughs> shit. Have you ever sat through a Shakespeare? Go on, fucking ages. Rubbish. Get, watch fucking Traitors instead. There's 12 episodes. Actually, it's probably longer than Shakespeare. Doesn't feel like it, though. Go. It's a joyride. It's an absolute entertainment joyride. Oh, there's so many cliffhangers. And then it's just, oh, it's great. It's just humans and human interaction at its finest and its absolute worst and its worst as well yeah <laughs> it's wonderful you see the real dregs of society but the funny thing is can we spoil i haven't i didn't watch season one i didn't watch it last year oh, yeah. probably fine to well basically i met someone who introduced themselves as the winner oh from traitors so it was i'm just gonna say who it was oh yeah it was at like a, a party event thing in town last year it was meryl Oh yes, and the so, Scottish one. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, and now because I didn't watch season one, maybe I've misremembered exactly what it was. People, oh my god, it's Meryl, or like Meryl from Traitors. And then so we went up and chatted to her, really nice. And then she was like doing a selfie with my pal. And then she was like to me, "Oh, do you want a picture?" And I was like, "Oh, I have a confession. I haven't watched Traitors." And she was like, "You want one though? You want a selfie?" Wow, and so, that is such confidence. <laughs> and she was like, "Don't." And she was like, "And then she was like, just watch the last three episodes. <laughs> I'm in them. They're great." And I was like. I mean, I love her. She's so nice. She's really friendly. Her and her pal were really nice. But then I said this to a few people. I was like, oh, I met the winner from last year. And then they're all like, I don't know if that's technically true. So now I need to watch season one 
to sort of reinterpret or interpret for myself what happened because oh yeah it seems like maybe she was being slightly kind of traitorous in the way that she presented herself so. oh well i'm not going to give any spoilers so um, i'm sort of giving a spoiler but i, but I don't the... know my own spoiler so maybe i feel like what it's like to be at the round table where i don't know what's true so i've been watching the current series i did watch the previous one and whilst watching this current series i watched on youtube <laughs> the very final moments of series one just as a wee reminder of what happened. And it's like five minute long clip on YouTube of like the end of series one. And I started crying. It's, <laughs> it's been an emotional month. <laughs> I was in a very vulnerable place and the traitors got me. <laughs> right, we will end today's episode with another recommendation. And it's a recommendation to you, the listener, to purchase a classic album from the Lost Map catalogue. This is a track called Slushy, and it's by Happy Spendies from their album You're Doing Okay. And you are. You're you doing are, okay. Guys. You're doing okay. And you could be doing better if you get Happy Spendy into your life. But why not listen to the track? and Have a listen to the track. And what we've been doing over the last few months on the lowdown is we've revamped the Lost Map website. And if you go to lostmap.com forward slash shop, we have a different sale item that goes up every month. And this month's sale item is you're doing okay you're doing okay you're fine you're fine buy the happy spendy album yeah it's on sale this month and i don't know what price but you just have to go and have a look yeah that's a surprise i hope you're doing okay (laughs) i've not even read brian (laughs) and i'm crying like brian crying for brian (laughs) thank you for joining us this month laura Thank you, Johnny. We'll see you next month, I'm sure. Yeah. Via the internet, probably. Yeah, won't be. props. Won't be in person again. But thank you, dear listener, for listening to this month's episode. Thank you to Joe Cormack for his definite gargantuan efforts on editing this month's one. Thank you, Joe. Sorry, mate. And yeah, we'll catch you again next month. Bye. Bye.
break. Give me a break.